Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got faith. In your trial, in your test, in your hard time. Good evening. I'm Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror. And I'm excited tonight because this month is my favorite holiday of the year month, Christmas. And I'm dedicating this month to women of power. Our first guest will be Miss Michelle Johnson. Let's welcome Miss Michelle Johnson to The Man in the Mirror. But first, let me briefly give you some information about Miss Johnson. Michelle Johnson is a mother of three lovely children, two young men and a sweet little girl. Michelle has had the opportunity to to feel what it is to be a business owner. JTS, or Johnson Technical Service, was around for approximately nine years until something unfortunate happened, and she had to shut it down and go back into the work field. After getting back into the work field, some of her life-changing experiences came along and almost knocked her off her game. But for some reason, this young lady didn't let that stop her. She's never been one that gave up. She's a God-fearing young lady and knows that God always has her back. Being a graduate graduate of Morgan State University, she has plenty of fortitude. She's always surrounded herself with people that she will learn from and will learn from her. She's power-driven and knows what she wants out of life. Please don't make the mistake of telling her what she can't do. Why? Because Michelle would tell you differently. She has plenty of technical skills, and that will back everything up that she does. And without further ado, let's welcome Miss Michelle Johnson. Michelle, welcome to The Man in the Mirror. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Ms. Michelle, please give us some more information about yourself. I'll just, you know, give a brief synopsis, but give us some more information about you, about you and your family. Um, well, I have a big, wonderful family. Um, we are, I guess you can call us silly. We love to get together and just have a great time cut up. And it's probably a lot of families like that, but I really, truly do love my family. I love spending time with them, my kids, my extended family, everybody. So um, that's one of the things I actually love is the family, the atmosphere that we have around each other. I think it's wonderful. Okay, so this is generations of, you know, your family being like this. Now, was this so you're basically telling me that it was always like this in your family? Oh, yeah. I one of my most favorite things and it, you know, somehow we always used to all like maybe six or seven of us end up on the bed, like everybody laying across everybody else watching TV and joking around, laughing and playing, people sitting on the floor. Like, it, it's always a big group of us that end up gathering or hanging out. So, and um, I actually have, I consider it a pretty special relationship with my cousins as well because they are almost like brothers and sisters, sisters to me. 
um, with the way that we get along, how we hang out, and just stay involved in each other's lives. So basically that family interaction because, you know, me being one growing up with my cousins as well, we were actually like brothers and sisters. We considered ourselves as brothers and sisters, and their kids basically almost called me uncle because, you know, you know, we had that close niche. And that's, I think that's something that's missing in many families today. You know, we're not as close as we should be. But that's a good thing, but, you know, because that closeness is very important. Definitely. All right. My next question for you is, um, um, Michelle, how hard, it, it, how hard is it being a single mother, raising and supporting your children? Oh, it's definitely difficult. Um, one of the biggest things, um, and I'm sure we'll get more into that as we're talking about um, my quote-unquote story, but um, it was particularly hard because I had to raise my young men um, alone. And people just really underestimate the power of having a man in the home and in the involved in the family. So from the age of about 9 or 10, my, my boys are really close together. They're only 14 months apart. So from the ages of like 9 and 10, they were without their dad. And people tried to step in, like my pastor, you know, family members tried to step in and assist me and, and um, you know, do things for the boys. And I appreciated that, but it's nothing like having a dad around. So, you know, it, I feel that I was blessed. I used to make a statement that me and God raised my boys because they turned out um, really well. And I'm I'm just thankful to the Lord and very proud of them. Okay. And that's that's an excellent thing. So, um how are your how how is, are your boys doing now? Now you know, how old are they? What are they you know, what are they doing, how are their life and you know, give us more information of, you know, when you're supporting, you know, your family because there are many single mothers out there and that are going through, especially with this time in the um, economics and trying to keep the family together and, then, you know, without going crazy. Have you ever felt like that? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think that I have gone without having a crazy moment or two, but <laughs> that's definitely the Lord, you know, kept me centered on a lot of that because it was very, it was difficult. Um, one thing that I feel single mothers definitely kind of have to do, and this is just my personal opinion, I feel that they have to be mom and dad and in a sense. And what I mean by that is they do need to show that softer side, So especially when my boys were younger. I I had no problem letting them cuddle under me. You know, people used to say my youngest son was a mama's boy. I didn't mind. I didn't care. But I I didn't coddle them that much. And at the same time, it's almost like you have to be able to um, get down on the floor and wrestle with them 
you know, be a little stern sometimes with them. You can't be a pushover because boys, if if you are a pushover, boys will run right over you. So it's it's hard in that you have to have that balance, you have to have that soft side, and then you also have to have that very stern side and be able to do some rough and tumble stuff with them and have a good time with them so they can see that fun side of mom too. Um, so that they're not feeling like they're missing out so much, but they're still going to feel that way without, you know, a dad around. Okay. And do you believe, I'm just, this is on my list, but, you know, I heard you say being stern. Do you believe in spare the rod or spoil the child? Or as I was talking to someone um, on a bus today, we, we have to spoil our kids all the time, you know, spoil them from three, four, five years on up to an adult. You saying we should spoil them? I'm trying to get an understanding. <laughs> no, first, okay, let me give it a two parts. Do you believe in spare the ride or spoil the child or with the discipline that we have in the world today where they say we should not, you know, discipline our children, we shouldn't spank them, we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that, you know, or we'll get in trouble? You know, I honestly feel like if you are stern from the beginning, because some people, they may coddle the kids a little too much or let them get away with things or laugh at things that they do because they think it's cute or, you know, whatever when they're younger. And then um, when they're older and doing some of the same things, everybody doesn't find it so cute. but since you let them do it before, you know, they're trying to figure out why you're being so hard or harsh about it now. So it's almost like you really have to be stern from the beginning. And when I'm saying stern, I'm I'm not saying mean or um, harsh to the children. What I'm saying is I can play, you know, with you and joke around, um, but if I say okay, I need you to go sit down or I need you to go clean your room, you know, you better be on your way to go do what I asked you to because I I don't say it meanly or, you know, to be nasty, but, you know, it's a difference. We We can have a good time and joke around and play and wrestle around, but when mom says do A, B, C, or D, you should be halfway out the room by the time I'm finishing my sentence to go do what I said. And that's just the way I've always felt. Okay. Excellent answer. Okay. Now, from my description and getting more information about you, um, tell us how how being a working woman and an entrepreneur first, and then give us some information of how, you know, what you went through from when you were doing JTS for several years, you know, you were your own, had your own business running, and then it ended, you know, and then you had to go back into the workforce. Well, I've actually been um, self-employed, even while I had a job, and this is in the early 2000s. I've been self-employed. So the business didn't always have the name itself, like I wasn't particularly registered or, um, you know, as JTS. 
but I was self-employed for many years while I actually still worked. And then um, after a certain point, I actually um, joined with one of my friends from high school in a business um, together and and went full-time self-employed at that time and, you know, came out and I was, you know, fully self-employed. I was able to support myself um, using, you know, income from my job or from my um, work. And it was actually one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, You know, they say when you really do love what you do, that it doesn't feel like work, and I honestly feel that way. Like, I can um, spend hours, you know, working on a project or trying to get, um, you know, even the back-end stuff. I I liked having my accounting done and my everything just caught up because it made me feel accomplished and like I had done something. And it really does make you feel better when you're doing things for yourself as opposed to, you know, you're going out doing a nine-to-five job and someone else is benefiting from your sweat equity. So I, I it just made me feel fabulous. And then also, you know, we have the option. Yes, we work hard, but we have the option of, you know, being able to rearrange a schedule or, you know, I know I want to do this with my child so uh, this day I won't have any appointments until then or um, this day so-and-so, uh, you know, your assistant or your office manager, somebody can run things until, you know, you're able to to um, come to work. So it, it's very rewarding. I, I absolutely loved being 100% self-employed or 100% business owner. It was It was wonderful. And um, I'm not going to underplay the fact that it really is hard work. You definitely have to really stick in there and get things done and be goal-oriented and be a taskmaster and um, handle your business. You definitely have to handle your business if you want your business to keep running. So I won't under, you know, play that. That is definitely true, but... Um, there are so many perks and benefits that it just outweighs it to me. Okay, excellent. And I'm sure you know, our listening audience, would, you know, everyone today is trying to work on getting in their life right now where, you know, they want to own their own business, they want to run their own business. And you did yours for quite some time. Could you give us, you know, how many years were you able to do that? Well, I was um, self-employed even while working from maybe the late 90s, like 98, 99, um, all the way through to about 2000. And then um, in 2000, that's when I actually um, went fully self-employed with a um, um, business partner. And I did that for many years and then of course um started Johnson Technical and continued to um you know do my own thing for 
quite a while, up until um, 2011. And I'm still actively, you know, self-employed, but um, did eventually have to go back to the workforce because of, of a lot of, um, you know, situations like one after another occurring. It was it's just really crazy. Um, but, you know, a lot of times, or really all the time, I really think that, you know, we're kind of being, and I heard somebody say this the other day, being set up when when that's going on, when it's, a lot of situations are occurring and, you know, they make you move in directions where you might not have um, originally moved. Um, and then in the end, it seems like it was all for your benefit anyway. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely a believer of that. But yeah, from the from the nineties until now, currently I'm you know a business owner and self employed. But um, most of the time that I was um, fully self employed was from about two thousand until two thousand and eleven. Okay. Excellent. You know, and as I said, many of us are actually trying to work and do our own business. Now, there's one thing we should never forget. You know, we're not alone in this world. Many times people try, and I hear this all day, say, I did this all by myself, or, you know, I made it this far. How does this tie in, everything that's been going on, how does this tie in with your relationship with God? Oh, definitely. Um, I think at certain points, and God was trying to get my attention, and I just was not listening um, or I was not ready to listen. Um, but everybody knows God definitely has a way of making you stop in your tracks um, at some, you know, some point, and you definitely have to give him your ear you know when certain things happen is that good i don't i don't think so necessarily um should things have to get that bad before you really give god your ear no but um i definitely feel like you know a lot of times when things are happening and um while i'm saying that i i really will say that i believe that sometimes we bring things on ourselves I think sometimes we definitely do, and we're dealing with our consequences more so than a trial or tribulation. And, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to dash anybody's, you know, thought process or whatever, but, you know, a lot of times we give the, you know how they say, we give the devil too much credit (laughs) because... A lot of these situations we really, you know, have caused ourselves. I do believe that there are, were some situations that were caused by me, and I, I made things worse. And then also there were definitely um, some things that went down that I had no control over, didn't have anything to do with me, but I was definitely affected. So I've had both going on and I've definitely had to lean on the Lord to carry me through, to carry the family through, my children through. Um, there there was just a lot of that, you know, occurred um, <laughs> that, you know, I mean, it's pretty shocking. 
it, it was shocking to me. I don't know whether it be shocking to anybody else, but it was shocking to me just the different things that um, I I had to go through and some things that had to happen for the Lord to get my attention. Okay. I know you said different things and shocking things. Give you know our listening audience because we've all gone through some things. Even myself have gone through some things, and you know had to go through the school of hard knocks. And we all mm-hmm. remember what our parents used to say years ago: it takes, you know, it takes a soft a soft behind leads to a hard a hard head leads to a soft behind. We've all heard that statement before. We've been looking at it like, huh? What, what is my? What are they talking about? But many times we know now. God, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we know now. Many times God has to, you know, put us in time out sometimes like he did me, or he'll just have to, you know, let you go through. Because a lot of people don't understand is is that pressing, you know, when God, when that fire's getting hotter and hotter, hotter, we don't know what to do. I mean, or we don't know what we're going through. All we're doing is sweating. And, you know, we're sweating up beads and beads and people, you know, looking at us like, what's going on? They don't know what's going on. They're trying to figure out what's going on. But only you know what's going on, and you train. It's like um, it's almost like the Jonah syndrome, when God was calling Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to go, but he ran. But there was some <laughs> consequences for that. You know, he ran in one direction. God trying to pull him in another direction, but he ran, and he couldn't run but so far because we never can run. From God. So what 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 I'm getting at is, if you don't mind, since you know this is a place where we keep it real, I learned that from a good mm-hmm. friend of mine. Um, give us a, you know, a description of something that was one of those hot moments that you know you had to you know you had to look try to figure out what was going on. Oh, I can give you several, several of them, but. Um, one of the the things that happened, oh my gosh, really early on was, um, I was thirty, and my my husband was a um, this is my first husband. He was um, a year of well, a few months younger than me, and we were going through some things at the time, and um, we were actually in like a separation mood, trying to figure, you know, out what was going to happen or if anything was going to happen. And, um, but, you know, he was very active in my boy's life at the time. We had some, some issues going on there also, but, um, all in all, he was an excellent, excellent dad, um, to my boys. And it was the, um, month of my birthday, which is May, and I was, you know, doing pretty well and everything was going good, and I ended up being let go from my job. So, of course, that just devastated me because, one, we were in separation mode, so I was, you know, the main support at that time for um, the boys, and, of course, he helped, he assisted, but... You know, I had my my own place at that point in time, and he actually um, called me and told me um, right around my birthday that he was not feeling well. And so, you know, 
he um yeah he he kind of begged off of taking the boys, which he normally would come get them, you know, spend his time, you know, like he loves spending time with the boys, and um, so you know, I was just like, well, okay, you know, he said he was feeling rough and um, he might go to the emergency room, so you know, we were in our, you know, he was in his his late twenties, I'm just turning thirty. And I'm thinking, you know, oh, he probably has, you know, the flu or whatever. Um, But he called, which I guess is strange for May or June. So, but that's that's how my mind was thinking. And um, he went, he ended up going into the hospital and they called and they said that he had to be rushed there. So then I started thinking maybe it was something a little more severe, like pneumonia or whatever. And um, we went, we visited him in the hospital, found out that he, when he was admitted to the hospital, he was at about 10% um, function of his kidneys. Ooh, wow. Yeah. And he hadn't even known. And I that was my biggest question to the doctors is how can somebody walk around with ten percent kidney function and and you know, not know it? And um within two weeks he had passed away. I don't even think it was oh, two weeks, geez, it was about a week and a half. He passed away and he was only twenty nine years old. So it, that was definitely devastating, um, and not even mentioning the fact that I had also just lost my job. So, like, it was just like, oh wow, it was a lot. So you were having a job experience. Oh, I definitely felt like it. I'm 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 almost a hundred percent sure Job had it worse, <laughs> but I felt like it. I can I can understand that because you know you had. One thing after another, and then boom, with you know you're you're at a low point in your life with two two children, and I'm Definitely. I'm kind of sure a lot of people can understand that you know when you use you just you lost your job, your husband passed away, and then you know you know you're you're at a a point of wow you know where you had everything but now you have nothing. So yes, you know, and he was young, and that's another point mm-hmm. that as young, you know, young men, young women, we need to take care of our health. We need to take care of ourselves because many people say, "I'm young, I'm young, I'm young. I'm not going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen." But we have to realize, you know, as African American, you know, you know, those there are plenty of diseases that actually overtake us because you said, you know, he went in, and then later on he was he was gone, mm-hmm. and um. And um, we have, I'm actually going to take a question, you know, that I see someone in the chat room, you know, and I thank those who are going into the chat room. I appreciate, we appreciate that. Um, we have one person as we're going, see Maria Wall says, so what, what kept you going? I definitely have to say that it was the Lord and also my Children, because it's like I was devastated. I was devastated because this was 
you know, my husband. But mm-hmm. I was, like, extremely distraught and devastated that my children, male children, had just lost their dad, their role model, mm-hmm. the other half of them. You know what I'm saying? So that was, you know, just really, really devastating, devastating. And and at that early age, you know, who's thinking, you know, a parent is going to be gone in their 30s? But right. um, it was it was God because I definitely, when I say I cried out, I cried out, and it was crying out for my children because I was like, God, they need you. Forget about me, even though the Lord ministered right. to my soul. He ministered. He sent people to minister to me. You know, right. I I thank him for that because, you know, sometimes when we are left alone with our thoughts and we're not, you know, letting the Lord minister to us, sometimes he has to send someone. Right. So I thank him for the people who I call angels that obeyed and came and spoke life into me while I was going through that. But it was the heartache for my children that caused me to rebound probably faster than I normally would have and, you know, just get myself together because I felt like um, they needed me and I definitely had to be there if they were going to make it through. And um, also, I, you know, one of the things that I do want to mention, my youngest son, he really got into, um, I guess, a bad place. Um, and both um, both boys suffered, you know. But he really got into a bad place. And, and, of course, like most children do when they're going through something, he started acting out. And so he was, like, lying and... He started stealing, and when I'm saying stealing, I'm not I'm not saying he stole a dollar or two. I remember one day I went to go get some money out of my purse, and it was like $90 gone. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> really stealing. Well, he, he was a big-time baller. <laughs> <laughs> he he was really three or four dollars. He was a no, big-time he, baller. I, it's a uh, young lady on Facebook. She likes to post, go hard or go home, go big or go home. He went big. <laughs> he did do it. He But, yeah, so, you know, I was like, instead of me, yes, I got upset, of course, because I still had bills to pay. Mm-hmm. I still had things to do. But I realized in that moment, that, you know, all of his behavior, he started doing really horribly in school, terrible. All of his behavior was from the situation. It it yeah, was, he was, it was you know, yes, definitely. And I understood that. I And I thank the Lord that he blessed me to be able to understand that and not just um, figure that I needed to use discipline. I, I was able to understand what place he was in. 
and mm-hmm. he actually received behavioral counseling from Kennedy Krieger. Those people are fabulous. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. Um, he received behavioral counseling from from them, and um, his school at the time, I, that's why I say the Lord just really made a way. His school at the time gave me the leeway to come to school, pick him up, and take him to counseling, bring him back. His teachers agreed to come to school early and not agreed as if I asked them, but they came to me and said, we will come to school early and tutor him. We will stay after school and get him from, because they were in aftercare, because I was, um, you know, still working at the time. But um, they were saying, we will, you know, come and get him from after school and go ahead and um you know tutor him. So I it was it was just it was really, really And that was a blessing in it and that was a blessing in itself because many times people forget the children. They don't think that the children are going through. And you didn't mention that instead of beating him, you knew it was a cry out for help. And you know that was Well wait a minute, I'm to. I'm I'm going to correct you <laughs> because remember we just had the discussion about fair not the rod. So he got a couple of uh, little butt with him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm not even going to let you move on saying that he definitely did because I explained to him that, you know, no matter what you're going through, taking from other people is wrong. Okay. So, you know, that happened, but I knew that that was not the base of his problem, and I knew he was not okay. a problemed child. But yeah, yeah. But we're we're finding out that there was there was something that you know kept you going on that because it was your children that kept you going because you couldn't just fall in the mud and weep and wallow while they suffer. You yourself had to you know stand up tall, wipe yourself off. And keep moving, so you can keep them moving, so they wouldn't. Because many times we don't think if the children look up to us, they follow after us. If we break apart, they're going to break apart. So what you basically said is, you know, I'm going to have to do this. Your dad is gone, so I'm going to have to, you know, keep it moving. In other words, so they will get to keep to keep themselves together. Yeah, it's, you know, we all grieve when we go through situations like that. But then we have to, like David did, he had to dust himself off, get, keep his head up, and keep it moving. And um, also, you know, while we're talking about that, one of one of the things that really um, helped me was um, journaling, journaling, okay. and just getting um, emotions and feelings and things out. And I mean, at times I would be crying and writing at the same time. But it was just a way to, you know, get things out. And, um, you know, I felt better after doing that. So that's something that I've always done through through the years. And, um, you know, even started kind of um, writing <laughs> what I said was going to be my book. I started writing some things at that time. So, you know, that was also very helpful to me. Excellent. Okay. And I'm just going to lighten it up a little bit um, because we've been talking about some real serious stuff. Um, 
I know here's a question after everything you've been doing, after everything you're working on, and for our listening audience, is there a special someone in your life now, or do you, <laughs> as busy as you are, do you even have time, you know, for anything, you know, being that you have, you know, three kids and you're such a power woman in society right now, do you have time for that? anybody special? I thought that was on a list of questions you weren't allowed to ask. I nah, thought it was. Nah, I'm going nah. to check that list. <laughs> nah. Um, yeah, definitely somebody I I feel like was placed there. So do we, do we have to mention names? <laughs> no, you don't have to mention any names. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I have right a on. question. Okay, uh, go ahead. Finish that first, and then um, we have a question that's in the chat room. No, go ahead. Go ahead with the question in the chat room. Uh, um, uh, Maria Wall wants to know, um, do you think that many single or newly single African-American women have a hard time asking for help? Oh, yeah. Or the old stigma (laughs) is that everybody should not know the family business mentally? family business mentality, I'm sorry. You know, um, that is, (laughs) and I'm going to explain this, because that that to me is a twofold answer that I have to give, because um, there were the people outside of the family, and then there were the the actual family members um, themselves, and you know that I guess they're feeling like you know everybody shouldn't be in your business or you know things like that. But um, I I asked for help and assistance from anybody who was willing to give it because um, it was several things going on. One, you know. I was used to, and I hope this doesn't make me sound selfish or whatever, but I was used to, you know, the busy, you know, week with the kids and, you know, doing school and going out there and doing my work and, um, you know, whatever else was going on during the week, church, different things happening. And then mm-hmm. um, the weekend, I, I always would, you know, get a break. And that break was their basically their dad taking them during that okay. time period. So you know when that was gone, it was you know it was tough. And mind you, I didn't um, care for quite a minute because I really wanted to spend a lot of time with my children to kind of just nurture them after having gone through such a shocking situation. But right. Um, I mean, it was it was a minute, and it's like I realized that I hadn't had any, you know, me time, no, you know, anything, and and I really, you know, didn't mind asking for help at all. I've never been um, one when I really, really need it, I will ask. Um, okay. And then sometimes it's almost like, you know, the Lord – would just provide before I even had to ask. 
But I have learned over the years and all the things, the ups and downs and trials and tribulations, that um, if you have that mentality of um, you don't want anybody to know your business or anything like that or you're scared to ask for help, um, you know, it, that's going to backfire on you. And and that's that's what I've come to realize. Like, you you know, people are there who can assist you and you don't even know it because you right. didn't open your mouth. And sometimes, um, as she as one thing Maria Wall just said, is that, you know, you know the old um, stigma is that everybody should not know the family business. And, and that's that mentality. Or many times it's people's pride that gets to them. You know, I'm going through something, so I, you know, I have to, you know, put this pride out there. But many times if God is going to send us a life preserver, he's sending it in several ways. But sometimes people don't want, you know, put that pride up. They don't want to take it. Yeah, but you heard that old saying when the, you know the guy was drowning and someone came along and said, "Oh, you need in the boat." And said, "Oh, you need help." Oh no, I'm waiting for God. Okay. <laughs> right. Another guy comes along. You know he's drowning now. Oh, you need some help? Oh no, I'm waiting on oh, God. He's going to help me. So by the time the third person goes, he drowns. Definitely. He goes to heaven, and God says. He asked God, well, why didn't you come help me? He said, I sent you three boats. So, you know, he sent ways out for us to get out of these things sometime or open our mouths. Yeah, I God, definitely. Yeah, Maria Walters, Maria Walters, you know, put a uh, comment in the chat room. She said, put your children's welfare first, you know, and your personal pride as a far second, which is true. And that's basically what, you know, what we're trying to say is you have to get rid of that pride and move on, you know, you know, move on because your children come first. That way they will understand as they grow older that when they get in a situation themselves, they will know how to handle it. Because as parents, we're out there basically teaching them every day, right. you know, teaching them life skills. How does mommy handle this? How does daddy handle this? You know, you know, how does grandma handle these things in the family? And I had to make it about the kids. Uh, and like I was saying, you know, at least for uh, quite a while, it, I, when I was finally like, oh, I really need a mommy, you know, day <laughs> or something. Right, mommy but moment. Mommy moment. Um, you know, that was like much later. But um, I had to make it about them because they, they would have, drowned had it in in their own grief and sorrow had I um become absent while they were first going through that and I actually um you know thank the thank the lord for family um at that yeah. time you know it, it, I actually had family that surrounded me when I had to cuz it was like you know a really crazy situation we were at the hospital and, you know, I didn't really want them to see their dad like that. So right. I took them away from the hospital, but I had family that surround them. And okay. we told them together, like, what had happened. So I, I thank the Lord for, like, family support. And that was both his side and mine, um, you know, their dad's side of the family and mine. So I always 
thank God for the family support that was that day and afterwards. But you definitely um, have to put the children first. Excellent. All right. And then one more question before we go on break. Um, I've seen on Facebook, just give us some, you know, and you talked about it earlier, Facebook that just gives information on your new and upcoming book. Please tell us about that. <laughs> well, um, the book will will be chronicling really my life, but just some of the things that that happened um, that really could have derailed me, or some things at certain points in my life that actually did derail me, and. I always, you know, make a joke. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily ha-ha funny, but it's like I always make a joke that just about any crazy thing that could have happened with me kind of happened, like, you know, stuff that is just very unexpected. (laughs) So um, I find the humor in it, (laughs) but, you know, it's some really crazy stuff, like, you know, how many people, you know, lose a parent at 29 to, um, and, and I don't even think I I um, mentioned, I know I said the kidney failure, but that was due to, to diabetes. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, my husband had been diagnosed with diabetes at a very early age. So these guys and girls walking around in their 20s, you know, they want to eat McDonald's every day and whatever, but, you know, really we need to be watching our our health right. a little more closely, especially as African Americans, because we're susceptible. And so, um, you know, losing losing somebody at at 29 years old to diabetes, and um, some of the other things that I'm sure we'll get into that um, happen along the way. You know, I kind of find the funny in it. But um, at the same time, you know, I want to really tell about how I was able to get past those situations um, personally and and business-wise, actually, because it was some things that went on business-wise as well, um, just to, to keep on going. I mean, you should never stop. It doesn't matter what's going on. You just never stop. You keep moving forward. Amen. Amen. Okay. Before we take up take a break, we're gonna have um a note from our sponsors and um Michelle, I'm gonna put you on hold for one second, you know, for a minute while we you know, while give a commercial break for the sponsors of our show. I know from our, a few of our sponsors, music instruction for all learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit our website at www.musicinstructionf, as in Frank A, as in Alpha, AllisonLarry.com. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. 
curvy chicks are boss chicks too. Not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and extremely talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. Another sponsor is Mark C. Rose, musician and master piano tuner. Mr. Rose does work in the surrounding Baltimore area, and I've actually used him myself. So please contact Mr. Rose at 410-215-2696 for your new person in piano care and tuning. Uh, We are going to take a break right now. And then we'll be back with more of Miss Michelle Johnson, mother, friend, and powerful entrepreneur. Next time you're riding down the road in your car, sing this to the Lord. You'll get where you're going much faster. Come. Let us. Before him. Worship and adore him. Come on, say it again. Come. Let us. Kneel down before him. In your presence, Lord, worship. Down 
magnify your name. Yes, we worship you. Come on, let me see some hands. We worship him. Everybody. We are now back with the man in the mirror with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery. Um, I have a few people that are in the chat room, which is a good thing, and I you know, just want to thank you guys again for logging on to the man in the mirror. And also, um, there are people online. But I want, um, Michelle, just give us some um, information um, now about a couple businesses that you're actually working on. Now, I know, you know, we went through some things that went in your life. And so give out, give out some information about, um, as I mentioned, one of the sponsors were the Kirby Boss Project. Just give us some brief information mm-hmm. about that and other things that you're doing and your contact information. Okay. Um, well, I'm still doing um, computer repair or technology consulting because um, I do a whole host of things underneath of that umbrella. So, um, you know, the website for that is um, net, And also, um, I am involved, I'm one of the, of the co-founders of Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss, um, as you mentioned, is an empowerment organization for the full-figured diva, and um, we're actually in the midst of expanding that to um, do some fantastic things with our young uh, curvy divas as well. So I'm, like, really excited about that and looking forward to um, the things that we have um, uh, are planning to do um, dealing with that. And also, um, we are uh, releasing a 2016 full-figured women's calendar. Um, We were trying to work some things out to try to get a 2015, but it looks like we had to push it on back to 2016. So I'm super, super excited for that, and we already have some people kind of uh, getting involved with that project. So um, we're ramping up to do that as well. Um, And... um, I am involved with a nonprofit, Cave Court. Um, we actually do baby shower baskets for low-income moms. So definitely, well, let me uh, give you the website for that. It's www.cavecorp, I'm sorry, K-A-V-C-O-R-P.org. So you can definitely go online and um, look at some of the things um, that we've been up to and what we do. Um, and I really love that project because um, who doesn't love helping a, a new mom out? And, and I just love um, going to deliver the baskets when I get to go. So that's fabulous. Um, the website for, I'm going to backtrack, Curvy Boss, because I don't think I gave it, is www.curvyboss.com. So those are um, the three things that, I'm kind of involved in at this point, um, and also branching out. So you guys will 
be hearing a little more about that later, branching out and, and um, making some new partnerships. So um, you'll hear about that later. Okay. That is good. Okay. Okay. I was just reading something. I do apologize. Reading something that Maria Wall posted, but um, I'm actually going to actually take a break for a second, another break, because I want to see if there's anybody, you know, that's on that would like to ask you some questions. So I'm going to play another song. You know, this is a time where we do things different. Everything's not going to be just normal for the month of December. Okay. Okay, um, give me one second, ladies and gentlemen. group 
for the young ladies. And so okay. we're trying to develop a few things to get that um, going for the summertime. So hopefully um, we will be able to get that done. That's still in the works. But I'm just super excited about it because we actually had a couple of people um, more than a couple come to us in reference to that because there there really is a need for it, you know. Um, unfortunately, you know, some of the um, young women who are in middle school, high school, um, when when they are on the curvier side, they have to endure, you know, comments and different things and, and um we definitely, as curvy women, we understand um, what they're going through. Some of us were curvy as teenagers or in middle school. Some of us got a little curvier as we got older, but we can definitely relate. And I really think that there can definitely be be a positive outcome from some of the older women mentoring and, um, you know, spending time with these young ladies. So I am looking forward to that. Okay, that's actually good. Now, I'm actually going to back up. For, you know, I've jotted down some um, questions myself. And one of the things um, you mentioned, that when there is a dad missing in the home, people don't understand the power of having a man in the house. Uh, yeah. Did you have a question or you wanted me to elaborate yeah. on that? Elaborate more on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, basically, um, young men, they really suffer when there's not a man there who can relate. Just as I was just talking about, you know, curvy women being able to um, relate to our curvier young ladies. It's because we we experienced or may have experienced the same kind of things, and so of course, a young man is definitely going to relate better to his dad um and also gain some valuable lessons from um his dad being able to watch him see how he treats women um see how he um carries himself, see how he behaves. Um, towards their mom, you know, that kind of thing. You know, if male children miss that experience, then it's a lot that can go wrong. And we see it every day, you know, young, misguided guys on the street corners or or doing things. And um, I definitely don't want to portray, because we have to look at what's going on, um, currently don't want to portray that that's the majority of our young men. There are definitely some young men who are doing great things, you know, and I am um, blessed and and proud to say that my um, boys are two of those young men who um, are trying to do something with their life, who are trying to be focused and, and get some things done. And mind you, boys will be boys. So they'll always find something to get into every now and again. But um, I just feel I'm extremely blessed that that um, they weren't um, 
the one on the street corner or getting into trouble or not knowing how to, you know, deal with certain situations despite what they went through um, and missing having a dad in the home. Excellent. And um, you said even though you were going through all of that, it became a rewarding experience for you. Well, yeah, because, of course, it um, allowed me and the boys to get closer, and I loved being the cuddle bunny with them, you know, playing around with them. And I, I truly just took some time to enjoy spending time with my kids and giving them all the nurturing and love that, you know, they could handle um, you know, before soared off and, and got busy again, because of course I got busy again with with the business and everything else. But um, I definitely, you know, enjoyed that, and I feel like taking that time at that point, and even as they were getting older, just you know, making sure that you know, because me and me and the um, children we do. You know, dinner in the movie, hang out, and all that sort of thing. You know, as they got older, they didn't want to hang out with their old mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, they look, were getting older, good. and I, you I'm, were I'm getting okay older too. <laughs> I'm dealing with it. I'm in therapy. I'm okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so <laughs> it's um, it I enjoyed that time period, and I feel like. Um, that it definitely was for a reason and that they were blessed from it. And um, and they are just wonderful young men that I'm extremely proud of, as I said before, um, now. So Excellent. Is there anything else that you would like to, you know, Talk about or give out, you know, now that you're on the air, now live. Um, as the name <laughs> of the mayor. Any other information you want to give our um, listening audience? Well, you know, I just wanted, because we, we really didn't get into, you know, some of the, I guess, the more current things that were going on. Um, well, here's your chance. <laughs> huh? Well, here's your chance. Uh, so I, I wanted to say, you know, this, that's just some of the, the things that um, the book is, is definitely going to be talking about because um, I, I ended up having to, and I always feel like, feel like Ayala Van Zant when I say this, having two broken marriages, but it reminds me of her when she was talking about being broken. And... um I was actually looking at at um, some things she had wrote the other day in reference to that, but yeah, two broken marriages, and you know, I, I feel that we as women, and this is one of the things that um, I get into in in my story. Um, sometimes. We don't. Oh, so this is going to be free. This is this part is going to be free for us, right? We're going to get this before the book comes out. That's all I want to know. Right, right. So they right. better remember it now, right? Because if they forget it, they're right. going to have to buy the book. 
five dollars and two cents worth of story. So all right, all right. <laughs> we got you. We got you. Everybody listen now, all right? <laughs> but no, I mean, and, and I'm just expressing, but. You know, sometimes I I really feel like, and and I'm saying I feel like this because I felt like this is what I actually did at the time, but I really don't think that we take the time to mend ourselves, and when we when we go through these things, so when we are going through these things, you know broken marriages when we come out of them you know we are broken we're at where we our spirit may be broken you know i ourselves as a person we may feel broken and there definitely has to be um a mending period and i felt like you know i was on a roller coaster at one point because we do not um take the time to be alone, just us and God, and allow him to minister to us and to heal us and to allow us to be whole again before we try to join ourselves with somebody else. So I feel like that's something that, you know, we as women, a lot of times we don't do. I've seen it with myself, and you know, at certain points, and I have seen it with other people. You know, just in general watching and and observing things, you know, we really, really do need to do that um, and take that time. And also, you know, things come along and they throw us off track and they disturb the things we, we have going on. So I've been thrown off track and it disturbed not just me, but you know, my family, my business, and, you know, this only happens if we allow it to. If we allow things to spill over because we don't know how to handle it or we don't know what to do, it definitely can. It can do it very easily and affect all the areas of your life. And so you have to really be able to rebound and spend some alone time, like I said, and let the Lord minister to you. You know, take time, but be able to keep moving as well still, because if you stand still, you know, everything will start passing you by. And you may end up playing catch-up to try to get back, which I've definitely had that experience as well. So I, I just think that that is definitely one of the uh, points that I try to make, um, you know, in my book. So that's kind of part of what I'm working on, and and um, I, you know, I really hope that I'm able to get the story out there, and that maybe you know you all will see the funny in it as well. But at the same time, you know, let's look at how we can move on. And that's our five dollars and two cents worth of information. <laughs> and we definitely appreciate that. But um and that's very important, the healing time, because you know, you you know, been through a couple marriages and a lot of people don't 
learn from those mistakes. What they want to do is, uh, well, I'll just jump into something else when they didn't have time to heal. And I guess the doctor would say, you got to give your foot before you start moving around, and that's why he sets it in the cast, sets your broken arm in a cast. So it needs that time to mend and heal because if he didn't sit in the cast, you'll keep moving it, moving it, moving it, moving it, and mm-hmm. it won't have time to heal. Or when they stitch you up, they tell you be still. So your body will have time to actually heal itself from the inside out. Many people think it's the outside in, but it's the in. Your body is healing. So, you know, God wants us to have that time. In the meantime, he gives us that time to get closer to him because we want to Definitely. jump from one relationship to another instead of just having that time with him and having the time to get closer to him and get to know ourselves better. Because I always tell people, try to figure out why you got in the situation you're in. We always tell our kids this, why did you get in the situation you're in or what do you need to do different? And as I said on another show, a friend of mine told me, what is the definition of insanity? Continuing mm. to do the same thing, expecting over different over. results. Yep. And if we continue, you know, as the people that do the same thing and think it's going to, the results are going to change, that's insanity. And Definitely. we try to blame other people, but you can't blame other people. Sometimes we have to look at ourselves. That's the best thing we can do is, you know, look at yourself. So, you know, what am I going to do better? And and I appreciate you just telling our listening audience that you had to take a break. You had to figure out what's going on and basically almost have a relationship with yourself So before you can move on to whatever else you're going to do. Yes, and you know you just have to really, you you really have to realize your brokenness because I think sometimes we we just skip on out of in and out of relationships and we don't realize how broke we are. And you know I was feeling a whole lot of stuff with the the last merge. I mean, basically the man, you know, turned. The be and this is while you know I'm I'm um I think it was shortly after I went back to the workforce so I'm you know working and and going on and ended up getting I don't know why everything ends up with me being um, this time I was laid off I don't know why I always have to lose my job before all of the crazy breaks <laughs> out <laughs> well, but just remember next know, time you lose a job just remember something's about to happen be, beware <laughs> beware right <laughs> but yeah you know I mean the the loss of the job and then or being laid off and then you know, basically, you know, it ended with the man being so enraged with me over some things that, you know, were just beyond me that he turned the electricity off in the house where me and my daughter were at. Oh, my goodness. And, and left. Just, you know, rolled out. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, yeah, that is what I'm insane. dealing with. It, yes, and, and I'm like, you know, okay, God, you need me in a quiet place because there were some things that I could have done to, you know, I guess try to keep working on it. But, I mean, honestly, you know, at that particular point, it didn't matter because it was about um, 
again about my child because I was, um, you know, had my daughter with me when it happened. So these things they break you. I mean that now that that's a situation that would have definitely you know broken broken you had you been sitting there at that time. Um, and this is supposed to be somebody who you're, you know, in a marriage with, in a relationship with. So to have, you know, that kind of thing going on, police being called, like I've never gone through anything like that before in my life. And so you just have to realize your brokenness. You really, really have to realize where you are and that you need to allow you and God some personal time because right. he is really the only one um, that can give us that healing, that deep in your heart healing that we need when things like this happen. Yeah, you are correct. See, God does that for a reason. You know, he, you know, Put you know some of us out in the wilderness so we can have that alone time with him. We may not want him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he be he he's cutting at us all the time. He's giving us hints. Yo, that's not it. Yo, mm-mm, don't do it. And that's how we treat our kids. We try to warn them, and then after you know we warn them, it almost comes to the time we have to do something drastic to get their attention. And that's all God tries to do to us. He wants to do something. He Well, he's not going to do it. He's going to allow it to happen. I want to reiterate, yeah. he's not going to do it. Yeah. He will allow it to allow happen. It. Yeah. To get our attention so we can say, oh, okay, you got my attention now. You know, what do you want now, Lord? And that's basically what he does to us because when we get in this relationship, God already knows. We can't say God did it. Mm-mm. You know it's right. If God did it, you'll know it. And you'll also know if you did it because everything is not always going to end up right. And if you did it right. once, twice, or three times, and you know, okay, something's going on here, that should be a wake-up call to you, like saying, okay, there's a little bit insanity going around here because, you know, once, twice, and they always say three times are charms. But many times, once you get that alone time, go in your wilderness, let God talk to you. Let God put you and that person together. Let God do it because if you were doing it and it wasn't working, I always tell people, and I, and I wrote this in my book, okay, what's wrong with trying it God's way? Mm-hmm. You know, there should, there should never be anything wrong with trying it God's way because, you know, if your way didn't work, then, hey, it's almost like, and I'll talk about us men. Us men know we think we can just put things together without even looking at directions. <laughs> so as we're putting it together, we have several nuts and bolts left over and trying to figure out, okay, where did these come from? We had the directions there, black and white, red, yellow, whatever. But, we, you know, you know, we try to be hard-headed and say, oh, I can do this. And you know, women look at us like, uh-huh. And then when it doesn't come out the way it's supposed to be, as it falls apart as we're working on it, the directions are given to us. But, again, mm. if we try to do it ourselves without following the directions, and God's direction is the word of God, and that's many times he wants us to get into the word so we can find out what he has for us. Definitely. Every relationship that we say, oh, she's the one. Did you talk to God about it? Did you pray about it? 
I mean, you know, did he give you any inkling that she's the one or he's the one? You know, don't you know we we have this issue of getting our emotions all involved in it and thinking. And I tell people today, God is not a God of emotions. You cannot have emotions all, you know, logged up or all put into something when you really haven't thought about it, haven't prayed about it, haven't taken your time about it. You know, that's where we, you know, we have to get into that habit of, you know what, get to know that person before we get into these relationships. You know, if they don't want to take the time to get to know us, then guess what, that wasn't the person. But if they mm-hmm. want to take the time to get to if they want to take the time to get to know you without rushing into this or rushing into that, then maybe and then praying and fasting, you know, we gotta you know, we gotta get back into those old that old time religion as they say, the song Give Me That Old Time Religion. We have to get back to the old way of doing things. That if we put it before God, he'll give you your answer. You don't have to worry about it. But it's not many of us that are willing to do that because we live in a microwave society. I want it, and I want it now. Definitely. And I think, too, that um, sometimes we just don't even realize how much, um, if you want to call it blocking, that God is doing. We are making, like, these crazy decisions and doing this crazy stuff and not thinking about it, not considering God and these choices and things that we make and God is 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 like a you know goalie he's blocking this shot and blocking that shot and and saving us and we don't even know that he's running around doing all that I mean God is literally running around but I'm just saying that that is the kind of thing that he does for us because he loves us so he keeps harm at bay even while we are making the very choices that will bring harm our way. And at a certain point, he just has to, to you know, let you feel the consequences of all these decisions you're making because you aren't getting it. And then I, a lot of times that's when all these things are just breaking loose and a lot is happening because, Somebody just wasn't getting it, and all of a sudden, now he's not standing between you and harm's way, and you're getting to feel that thing firsthand, and when you do, it stings, it hurts, it burns, so then we draw close to him, because we're trying to figure out, wait a minute, what happened to God? But God (laughs) God was, was there the whole time. You know, trying to help you, but you know, sometimes he just has to to move his hand of protection because we are just so hard headed and we don't hard headed and we don't wanna we don't wanna listen or do things, you know, his way or or follow his will. It's it's all about me, me, me. And right. um, you know, when it's all about you, 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 then when it's time for you, you, you to fix your own mess that you got yourself into, then you start calling for God. So, you know, let's try it the other way around. Let's call for God before we make those decisions and before we we, um, do those things that we didn't think or pray long enough about. We need to call him first instead of in the end 
Okay, cool. That, and that's you're 100% correct with that. We have to rely and call on him. That is the most important thing. We have to take self out of it and, and rely on God because, again, as I, re, I always reiterate, if I didn't do it right in the, you know, in the beginning and I keep doing it wrong, okay, what's wrong with trying to do it right? It's not going to hurt you doing it his way, and you'll be better off because you have the person that God sets you up with instead of you trying to um, do it all yourself. And that's basically where we mess up. And I've been there. We've all been there. I've been there. You know, we've all been. We've all got caught up in these relationships instead of saying, you know, what's the rush? Let's just take our time, get to know each other, you know, find out where God wants us to take, God wants to take us with this. And then once we get to that point, then we know it's right because it's not going to take as much work as we think it's going to do. That's, you know, because it's a beautiful thing when you do it God's way instead of, uh, instead of, Michelle's way or um, your boss's way. It's a beautiful thing when you want to do it right. Because God says, you know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. We have to learn to acknowledge him. We don't do that. We acknowledge ourselves. That's the funny thing. You know, you know, I talk to people every day at work. You know, they'll say, well, I did this, I did this, I did this. And what happens when we have that mighty eye? Mm. You know, things happen when you think it's all about you. Mm-hmm. But, Miss um, Miss Johnson, we want to thank you because we're about winding. We have a few minutes left. I want to give out some information. Um, I'd like to thank, I guess, Miss Nichelle Johnson for coming on to The Man in the Mirror and sharing her story. She gave us a little $5.02 worth so far. <laughs> but um, tell us, when do you expect the book to be out? Or, you know, because I know you have a lot going on with the um, Kirby Balls Project. You have um, other little things going on. So when do you mm-hmm. think the book will be out? Are you looking at next year, the year after? Oh, it's going to be next year, but we can't um, necessarily narrow down the month that it's going to be released right now, but it is going to be next year, and okay, I'm just so looking forward to it. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay. Um, and I would like you guys to please go to my website, www.hezekiahlmontgomery.com. And please sign the guest book. And within the next week, I'm going to have all the guest information that I've had on the show for the past few weeks, a um, few shows. This is our fifth show, and I want to really thank her for, you know, being the guest of the fifth show of The Man in the Mirror. And uh, <clears throat> we're also doing a fundraiser for uh, my book, Rediscovering Kai the Play. Check on my website and hit GoFundMe link. And it will take you to um, the backer page. Please support the play, which will please support the play, which is coming out in 2015. Our goal is to raise five thousand dollars. So again, please sign and support the cause. And again, Miss um, Michelle, we want to thank you for everything you've done for coming on the show and explaining everything to us. Give me about twenty seconds, you know. Of more information, or if you have anything to say, and we just appreciate your time. 
Well, I just wanted to say I definitely enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, and also, you know, definitely check out um, curvyboss.com um, and Cave Corp, the nonprofit, and um, cavecorp.org and um, jtsllconline.net. Uh, definitely, if you need any um, desktop publishing service, computer services, anything dealing with the computer, we do all sort of consulting and business services. So check us out online. Thank you, Ms. Michelle. This has been Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and I'll see you at the mirror. But I want you to know tonight you got faith In your trial, in your test, in your hard times